from Quoted Studios. This is Blank on Blank, distributed by the public radio exchange PRX.org. I'm David Gerlach. Chris Roberts has been writing about music for years, and he's interviewed Tom Waits a couple of times. The first was in 1985 when they were walking the streets of New York in the middle of Hurricane Gloria. Then a few years later, he again sat down with Waits, this time in London. Chris held on to that tape from 1988, and we discovered it in the archives of rocksbackpages.com. I won't give too much away about this interview, about this episode, but let's just say it's a surrealist stew of everything and nothing at the same time, fact and fiction, nonsense and genius served on a platter. It's kind of what you'd expect if you sat down on a couch next to Tom Waits. Chris told me the key to interviewing Tom Waits is simple. You just get out of the way and let him do his thing. Here's the tape. I was always laughing in church. There's nothing that makes me laugh more than being in a situation where you're not supposed to laugh. (laughs) Funerals, people crying and breaking down and telling you their life. I mean, I'm the worst, I'm the worst at that. What are you reading about? Are you reading this? Oh, this somebody gave this to me, so I'm trying to memorize all the streets in London, and I'm doing quite well. If you want to quiz me later. Okay. So you can be a cab driver. I'm ready. Yeah. I'm ready to take the exam. Where have you never been that you'd like to go? I've never been to Stonehenge. There are moles beneath Stonehenge. It's the most oh. elaborate a system of mole catacombs beneath Stonehenge. There are more moles beneath Stonehenge than there are anywhere in the world. In the community, they reward moles that have the courage to tunnel beneath great rivers. It takes an understanding of physics and engineering, that type of thing. If you make a false move, you bring the river in and wipe out the whole world. And they have uh, executions for moles that have made the wrong turn. New York forces you to, to be in, in endless surreal situations where the $50,000 Mercedes, uh, gunmetal Mercedes, uh, pulls up into the puddle of blood and out steps the 25-carat blonde transvestite with a, a $2 wristwatch. It's like always setting you off balance nightclub in a church, you know, smoking reefer in a, under a stained glass window. I think it's good it fractures you a little bit. I think it's stimulating for artists because if you're visually susceptible to images as optically, it's constantly bombarding you with a lot of information. If you can take it you know, without becoming like part of it. I met a guy, uh, one night who came up to me with, with his hand out. He said, oh no, you know. He said, yeah, you listen, man, it's not what you think. I don't want any money. I just want to be your friend. He said, uh, my name is Charlie. What's your name? I said, how you doing? He said, that's all I wanted. He went all the way around the block, came all the way back, and 
I came around the corner, he saw me, and he said, Hey, Tom, it's your old buddy, Charlie. <laughs> you loan me a couple of bucks? <laughs> I'm kick out of that. <laughs> I think you just write, you don't try to make sense of it. You just put it down the way you got it. You don't try to organize it or put meaning to it. And the best thing to do is just it's like take pictures of it. It's like you go in there with a safari rifle and a telephoto lens and you just wait in the bushes. When I first got in the show business, my stepfather bought me a wild shirt, which was said more about what he thought show business was than what I thought it was. You know, it was this like lime green shirt with like seven different kinds of fabrics and, and textures on it with wooden buttons, like a Hawaiian nightmare. He gave it to me with, he was very serious when he gave it to me. It was like he was giving me a sword you know, to go out into the world of show business, kill some dragons, pal, and bring us back the skins. I looked at that shirt and I was God damn. Do you think you made the big time or is there just a, a hint of irony there? Or yeah, I think uh, quite a bit of irony. Uh, I don't know what the big time is really, except that it's probably some terrible place that you can't get out of, you know. Or or that you fall from and break all your bones. Or 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 try to go further and burn up. So I don't know. It's one of those expressions that's been around for so long. It's curious. So I don't know. It's a riddle. Big time. Tom Waits on everything and nothing. And yes, you'll see those amazing moles lurking uh, beneath Stonehenge, plus all the other far-out visions of Tom Waits in the animated version of this episode. It's our series with PBS Digital Studios. We've also posted some additional outtakes from the interview on our website, blankonblank.org. Do check it out. Thanks again to Chris Roberts and rocksbackpages.com for sharing the interview with us. As always, Blank on Blank is produced by me and the wonderful Amy Drozdowska. And it's about time you started following us on Instagram and Facebook. You can see how we brew up each episode and discover what we're finding in the archives near and far. Find us at Blank on Blank. All right, before we go, Tom Waits uh, talks about his then new concert film, Big Time, and what he thought when he saw himself on the big screen. Thanks for listening, everybody. I mean, the film of the concert is so different because it's um, it's not the concert itself. It's the docu something, docu docu sweat hog, docu Copacabana. Some of it is flattering. Some of it is disturbing. Some of it is uh, you know hard for me to look at. When I see myself up there, I look like I'm I'm sweating and screaming. You know? I mean, it's not uh, Charles Boyer. Yeah. I look rather demonic at times, and at times I think I look like a very perverted Buddy Greco. And, uh, I thought I looked like, you know, Robert Wagner, you know, somebody like that, you know, or James Bond. You know, yeah. Kind of dispelled uh, all that for me. Uh, what happens is that it's like photographs from a vacation. Uh, 
know, you, you look at him and you say, what happened to that picture of me and the dog? Yeah. Didn't you get any shots of me in the, in the river with uh, the kids? Yeah. You know? And where's all those shots of Uncle Charlie when he yeah. was making those faces? You know? You're always going to remember the stuff that you thought was interesting about that evening that is not captured on film. And maybe that's the stuff that is smart enough to crawl out between the legs of the camera. So hang down, 